Set a spark to your integrated business and marketing strategies with America's top entrepreneurs and business leaders here at Integrate and Ignite with your host, Lori Jones. Welcome to Integrate and Ignite, the podcast. Today I've got Jason Blummer with me. Jason is the Chief Innovation Officer of his firm, Blummer & Associates CPAs. The firm was one of the first to move from a traditional office to a virtual environment where they serve digital design and marketing agencies. Jason focuses heavily on business coaching and consulting while his team meets the technical and compliant needs of their clients. Jason also founded Thriveal in 2010 as a way to help CPA firm owners connect. Since that time, Thrivebeal has helped many firms grow by providing an online community, coaching services, webinars, and live events. The newest offerings include a lab for experimentation, an academy for continuing education for CPAs, and an incubator for new firms. Deeper Weekend is an annual live event by Thrivebeal in South Carolina. Jason is the host of two podcasts, The Thrivecast and The Businessology Show. He speaks and writes frequently for CPAs and creatives, his firm's chosen niche. He also has been honored as one of the 40 under 40 in the profession of CPA practices, as well as one of the top 100 most influential people in accounting. Jason loves to watch documentaries on just about anything and is working on his personal best in CrossFit several times a week. He lives in Greenville, South Carolina with his wife and their three daughters. Stay connected with Jason by signing up at jasonblummer.com. Welcome to the show, Jason. Hey, Lori. Thanks for having me. It's Ah. awesome to be on your show. What a cool opportunity. Well, it is cool. I agree with you. I'm so excited to chit-chat today. It's going to be fun. And and I loved our pre-show discussion about um, your agency background and what you're doing to really further agencies, ad agencies, marketing firms across the nation. So Mm -hmm. at what point did you decide that you wanted to start your own business? Oh, probably like most entrepreneurs, I decided when I was working for somebody. <laughs> and you go, you know what? I think I can do this better. Um, I didn't realize at the time that it it is a hard it's a hard calling to to be an entrepreneur, but it's a it's an awesome passion. So, probably about um, you know, it was probably fifteen or fifteen twenty years ago, but about thirteen and a half years ago is is when I branched out on my own. Well, and I tell you, as I mentioned in our. Um introduction to you, you have quite a few accolades that got you to the Mm. the point you are today. 40 under 40 in the profession of CPAs, top 100 most influential people in accounting. Oh my gosh. So at what, I mean. (laughs) Exciting. Yeah, (laughs) it is. So at what point during that whole process were you into starting your own business? Was that after or before or no, yeah, I was. Um, so I, I had been running my own firm, and then started speaking and writing about some of the things I was learning, and you know how to how to run a firm more creatively, mm-hmm. uh, which was not a normal thing. And so that's kind of what got me some opportunities to speak, and then some of those accolades came after I had been running my firm for a while. Yeah, and I'm sure creative accounting is not what you're talking about when you're when you're running your CPA form of create creatively. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, it's funny we we talk about that. Um, you know, uh, accounting firms are businesses too. You know, and it takes creativity. Uh, and entrepreneurs can run firms and can can make a good living doing it. So uh, there is always a creative aspect to running a business, even a firm. Uh, of course, the accounting still follows some pretty strict standards, but 
running the firm and being an entrepreneur is as creative as it gets, no matter what you're doing. Well, and you, Jason, are the very first CPA I have <laughs> ever met um, that has shared that with me. So I, I think there's, I appreciate that. That's very eye-opening. Cool. <laughs> how, do, how do you define your entrepreneurial spirit? Oh, wow. Uh, my entre- entrepreneurial spirit is probably... Uh, big vision. Um, you know, I'm just not a details guy, so I'm always living in the clouds, really. Um, and so I've I've found I I have to have a partner that is that detailed person that will bring me down to the ground and bring traction. But I'm always thinking about the the big picture, the big ideas, the new values that we could sell. Um, so it's it's big, always big with me. Well, and agency leaders appreciate that. Are you sure you're not working for an agency? I'm not. Okay. You know, I wonder if I could do it one day, but yeah. I just don't have time or I would start <laughs> my own agency too. So, Well, that big vision and, and entrepreneurialism is truly what it's all about. What leadership qualities do you feel are necessary to succeed as an entrepreneur? Mm, that's a good one. Uh, how many? There are so many. Um, probably the thing that's transformed me the most is really becoming super clear on what I'm good at, what I'm excellent at, and the things I need help with. Uh, and, and the more you run your business, the bigger your business gets, the more it grows. I think the more the entrepreneur, the visionary, has to start really um, defining the things they do well is only two or three things. It really has to stop being everything. Um, and so, and part of that journey was hard for me, actually embracing the things I'm good at and telling people I'm good at this is really just a psychological barrier to actually owning the things you're excellent at. But at some point, you have to do that um, so that you can say, I'm not good at anything else. And you try to fill those gaps and voids, uh, possibly with partners or other team members that can help you. So um, knowing what you're good at and knowing what you're not good at, those are key, I think, huge things. And they're hard things to admit. Well, it is. I mean, it. it uh, you know, I remember some of those painful lessons um, of my father, you know, telling me in his very, um, you know, very respectful way, I think you need to focus your energies in this area. <laughs> <laughs> he was helping you. He was. We need help. Thank God. I, I tell you, it's so true. So what was that feeling, um, you know, that epiphany that you had when you, when you figured out, you know, whatever that small piece of business might have been for you? Um, that you figured out, I'm not real good at this. I need to get someone else in the door yeah. to, to handle it for me. You know, it probably wasn't really an epiphany moment. Um, it, it really, even really the past two or three years, I've been on a journey really to define what I'm just most excellent at and embracing it and mm-hmm. telling people uh, and selling that and only that and just getting rid of all the other stuff, really putting that in the hands of other people. Um, so it, it really has just been... a a process I've gone through over a number of years to to be convinced it's true. So people would tell me, "Well, you're good at this. This is the thing you should do." And I would even fight that, you know, to to believe that that was true. But then I would hear more and more people say it and confirm it. Um, and you, at some point, if you have tons of people around you that you trust and love, and they care for you, and they're telling you this is what we see, you have to just believe it, even if you still don't feel it yourself. And so it just took years to do that and believe it. Well, and I have to ask you, what do you feel you're excellent at? 
<laughs> That's good. <laughs> um, I, you know, I truly believe I'm called to be a leader. Uh-huh. Um, and th- that means, you know, practically uh, holding the leadership roles in, in my companies. We have a couple. Uh, being that CEO position, that visionary is the right role for me. Um, speaking and coaching, those are things I do and things I enjoy and things I should do. I love those things. And, and a lot of, I've done coaching courses and things like that with, uh, you know, creative agency owners and, and they're, they're transformative for the people that are in those. And so I just have a care to lead people, uh, and to coach people. Um, and you know, that typically involves selling too. So I'm the one that can pitch the value of what we can do for agencies and, and that's me. And, you know, people say I'm good at it. And the people I trust say I'm good at it. And I, it's true. Uh, so it's really leadership is a big deal. Uh, coaching and consulting is a big deal. Um, you know, and then, you know, anything else that goes around that, like selling, is is huge. Those are the things I should be doing. Well, it all works together. And, and you, you, you know, all of that presents such authenticity yeah um surrounding who you are and the service that you provide um that that's just fantastic now how have you integrated your internal departments getting everyone on the same page and and singing from the same songbook oh wow that's a good question um you know probably to that question i would say we are a virtual firm and we've been a virtual firm for about four years and we have learned so much about being virtual uh, and a lot of the assumptions we had around being virtual. So I've been running my firm for, you know, over 13 years and we've been virtual for four of those years. So before that, we were a traditional office where you could walk into uh, and bring your information. So we've learned a lot about the assumptions we had in an office uh, and how those assumptions were wrong in a virtual situation. So. Right now, uh, my partner and, you know, because of her leading, I'm also seeing the importance to over-communicate team culture in a virtual situation. And it really is just so blind to everyone if you're not being really super intentional about helping everybody build culture, uh, especially in virtual. uh, It's just so hard. So, you know, we're being more intentional about coming together on a weekly basis in a team huddle. Um, you know, scheduling times annually where we can all see each other's face. Um, and, you know, what really brought us to that point is th- there were some team members in the past in our history that we felt weren't, you know, attached. You know, right. our culture wasn't sticky enough to hold them here. And we don't want that to happen again. So we're trying to make a sticky culture uh, for so that people can't leave. And virtual is hard, so we're being really intentional about what virtual means in a culture. Why did you decide to become virtual? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> um, you know, it might have been for the wrong reasons. Um, it might have been just that I really enjoy working alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't. I don't know. I, I think it was right. And we're still working through, you know, how to make sure a culture is right in a virtual situation. Um, but I don't, I don't know that the main reasons I did it initially were the right reasons. Um, to that, I would say it's not necessarily this cool thing that everybody should do. Mm-hmm. Uh, v- virtual is a strategic choice for some people. Uh, for us, we can automatically, you know, serve clients all over the U.S. We can hire a team all over the U.S. Those are all good things, but it does come with challenges around the culture and things like that. Um, and marketing becomes a huge marketing issue, you know, when you're essentially an invisible firm, <laughs> so to right. speak. Right. 
Uh, you have to be so targeted uh, in your marketing, and you know we're still learning how to do that. So um, I think though, I with know. with your target market, which of course are marketing firms right. um, around the nation, they are moving toward. Well, I would imagine. Well, I, I can speak for myself and, and the sixteen agencies that I'm involved in with yep. Agency Management Institute. Every single one of us has at least one, two, or three employees that are working mm -hmm. virtually. Yeah. Um, so I think your audience can really grasp that very, yeah. very easily. It's not completely outside of the norm for them, um, which you you know you've definitely got a leg up on. Yeah. Well, so, you know, I think that that might have been partly what gave us the idea too. We were actually starting to serve some smaller agencies, even when we had an office, and then they would refer their friends across the country, and we're like, okay, well, if if we're in South Carolina and they're in the state of Washington, why couldn't we just do this with everybody uh, with no office at all? And it just got us thinking, and it took a couple years to go virtual, but that's kind of what you know sent us down that road. Well, I love it. So I do have one big question: mm. How do you huddle? Virtually, uh, go to meeting. Ah, fantastic! <laughs> yeah, something like that. You know, yep. I think you could use a Google Hangout, but we like mm -hmm. go to meeting. It's it's one of the more stable platforms and, that we that we know of. So, and do you have a set time each day? Uh, each week each is week. is when yeah is when we do it. So on Mondays we do it in the afternoon on Mondays. That's great. Yep, I love it. So tell us, you know, you you just mentioned marketing. Tell us about the integrated marketing approaches that you've used to elevate the brand and create awareness, and perhaps what has worked and and what hasn't. Yeah, so um, we've had to really so we've had to had have an assistant that does a lot of social media work for us um we've we've played around with paid marketing and you know we don't understand that enough you know our client there are some of our clients do uh, but i think that takes some expertise to really get some of that right and possibly that's for a larger firm i don't know we don't really have the funds to try to just play around and make sure we get it right so the the main way we do it is speaking and writing for the creative profession, so we do that, uh, and we run our own podcast too. So um, I started the Businessology Show, which is a podcast I run. I started that a few years ago, and started it with an agency owner that since has left because he was too busy. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm just you know continuing to do that. So really, social media, uh, writing, speaking, um, you know, and the podcasting are the main ways. Um, we try to get our message out. Well, you're right into the throes of everything. I mean, this content-driven, integrated approach uh, truly is what um, elevates the brand for you, and it's, it's mm. fantastic. Very similar, quite frankly, um, with a few things set aside to the same approach I think most agencies are taking, and yeah. um, in, in service organizations for that matter. Oh, yeah. You've got to build trust and authenticity, and the best way to do that is from a content standpoint. Yeah. Um, so that's fantastic. Now, we've all overcome obstacles. Um, I had a couple yesterday, but <laughs> let's talk about the big picture here. Can you tell us about a challenging time or a situation that could have devastated or even ruined the business, but you persisted, you made the tough decisions, and now that once painful memory serves as an invaluable learning experience? Oh, wow. I've got a good one. I got a real good one, Lori. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, it's even this kind of fresh. This is the juicy, juicy, juicy part of the interview. Yeah, this is juicy stuff. So... Um, you know, from, from not really focusing on a strong culture in a virtual situation, even over the past couple of years, we've had some team members that left even in the past couple of months. And the way that they left, 
um, a few exited and we made some choices to remove some team members out of our firm and at that time we were just a firm of eight uh, so we're you know we're a very small team and about a few months ago and again we chose some of these but one decided to leave that was a strong you know a CPA a strong part mm-hmm. of our team we had three people leave at once wow um, so we freaked out if you can imagine <laughs> a team yeah. of eight uh, we freaked out. I'm really supposed to be doing the visionary stuff, though I am a CPA and have done that for you know cl- almost 20 years. I know how to do that, but that was hard. So we, you know, because of our business model, our CPAs are assigned specifically to an agency. So that agency gets the use of that CPA in an unlimited way. We do subscription-based pricing every month. Uh, so we price all of that up front. And so when a CPA is missing from our team, when they abruptly leave, the client is without a CPA. And so I had to step in and be that. But I'm so visionary in big picture, I can't really do details. I can't schedule things. Uh, it just doesn't work in my head. So my partner came alongside me and just took over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> had to take over, you know, just to save us, really. Right. Had, had to take over my calendar and, and decide what I'm going to do, even from 7 to 7 at night, um, to meet the needs of those clients, to start reaching out to them. And um, we saved those clients. We took uh-huh. care of them. They're happy. Uh, we've since hired somebody, which takes, you know, that's hard in a virtual world mm-hmm. to hire somebody you've never met. Uh, that takes time. And so we've hired that person. We're now training that person. And so we're breathing now a little bit. Uh, but that could have wrecked us. I mean, we could have had an um, an exodus of clients, really. Right. Uh, but we came in and took care of them together. Me and my partner had to do that together. Now, did those three people start their own firm or? No, they just, you know, one one didn't like the model that we were in, uh, so went to a more traditional brick-and-mortar firm. Um, and a couple, we just, we, we merged some positions together. We had two positions we kind of didn't need two. Mm. Uh, we only needed one, so we merged one. And then another one, we wanted to stay and grow with us, another CPA. But she couldn't grow in the way we needed her to, so she had to exit and go right. uh, to another firm. Uh, that wasn't our choice. So, And they all just happened at the same time. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> what are the odds, right? I know. My gosh! So it was a it was a shock, you know, and it came right after I came off vacation, and that's forty percent of your team, oh, approximately. Yeah, and we felt we yeah. felt it. We felt every that's square tough. inch of that forty percent. Yep, yeah. that was hard. Well, good reason to cross train as well, which obviously was one oh, of the yeah. strong outcomes. Oh um, yeah, knowing that yeah. you could ultimately get in there, roll up your sleeves, and get it done mm, um, yep. was the key. Yep. Oh, I tell you. So, for onward and upward, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, we, we made it, and I <laughs> yeah. think we're getting healthier You're now. There. We figured things out, so that oh, helped. That's great. Define success for the company. How do you know when you're there, and is there a magic moment when you really feel as though you've made it? Cash. <laughs> cash. So, cash. Yeah. Um, so no, cash really is a it is a it is a comfort, um, and we're we're learning how important it is to have those cash buffers uh, in our firm. You know, and we know that's important for agencies too to have whatever, however they define it, but two to three months worth of cash to be able to cover those those regular expenses, and that differs per per client. But um, that's not everything about success. I think success for us is going to constantly be focusing on and generating the things that grow our firm, which is always going to be focused on lead generation, 
uh, finding the right leads, learning how to filter them appropriately and bring them into our firm. And so we're even still working on those processes too after we have so many team members leave uh, to know that feeding the company on a regular basis with the process of generating leads is huge. And it's going to, we're not there yet, but we're getting there and it's going to feel really good when I have processes to do that as the salesperson, the business development person. Yeah, we're not there yet, but we're getting there. It takes time, and and I think that pipeline, you know, kind of waxes and wanes. Is is there a comfort zone that you could share uh, with that pipeline that you always want to have, you know, 10 companies in the queue or a certain amount of revenue in the queue or knowing that you get 50% or or whatever it might be? Yeah, so we're going to get about 50% of our leads. We do value pricing. Um, so our, our typically we're wanting to do you know some higher level services, some coaching, consulting, along with some of the foundational accounting, tax, tax planning, payroll, whatever you know those agencies may need. So um, because you know about fifty percent of the leads is what we're going to get. So we really need to be following a good you know four to five leads uh, per month. Right. Uh, and we're not there yet. And because it takes about a month to get a client in and just onboarding them is a huge process. So, you know, we probably couldn't handle more than that at our current size. Do most of your clients come to you because they're in crisis mode or are, are they experiencing a certain amount of growth or what is it that attracts them? Yeah. Well, if, you know, even if you go to our site, blummercpas.com, and there's a new client form, there's, there's even some questions we have, you know, people answer. And we kind of don't want to take people in a crisis mode. We kind of, we kind of get them to say, "I'm not, I don't have broken stuff from mm-hmm. the past," you know, kind of thing. So we do. We want companies that are growing. Uh, we want to start where they are now and move forward. Uh, we don't want to really fix the past. It's not the kind of firm we are. Uh, that's not where we drive our greatest value. So, um, it's, and so they're growing. They don't know what they're doing. They need coaching. You know, partner coaching. Uh, they need to be more sophisticated in their financial accounting, financial processes. Uh, we do controllership for agencies, so they're ready to, you know, step it up to the next level and outsource some controllership to a firm like ours. Um, so, yeah, we want sophisticated people that are in growth mode. That's who we serve best. Ah, uh, that's great. What one strategy or process have you implemented that if business owners and their teams could consistently apply every day would compound into big wins for them? Uh, that's probably tractioning a company. Hmm. Um, and that comes from a book called Traction by Gino. Uh, yes. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of agencies run into that book. So. Yeah, we do. Um, so that that book basically talks about how to create vision, you know, uh, but how to actually bring that down and put wheels on the ground and actually get things done, even to the point of giving you, you know, a weekly agenda of what you go through and how you go through that. So if I think if firms could figure out how to balance the visionary aspect of how they want to grow with the tractioning aspects of somebody bringing that down to the ground, mapping it out over the next few months or whatever, and doing one thing at a time, day after day, week after week, that's when you start really seeing your vision happen. And I'm learning those things are married together. They don't, they don't, they're not separated. There's not vision without execution and there's not execution without that vision. And 
that would that would change agencies' lives, I think. You know, I, I think that's exactly what agencies are talking to their clients about, too. I mean, right. th- th- you know, l- let's just, you, we've got goals, objectives, and, mm. you know, messaging, which are very vision-oriented. Right, right. And then you've got the tactics right below that from a traction standpoint um, that need to be executed on time and within budget and with the ROI attached to them. Perfect. Um, that ultimately you know, help increase sales for, for all of our customers. Yeah, that, yeah, that matches perfectly. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the thing that agencies do for the clients is not necessarily something they're as good at doing for themselves. Oh, so. Isn't that, <laughs> that would be my pain point. That's, well, that's true. And that's true for any business. You know, that's I true know. for accounting firms. It's really, it is, it is just the cobbler shoes syndrome that everybody has. Oh, and true. It's so oh, my true. Gosh. That is so true. So as we close in on our last question here, if there's one thing that you want to be known for, what is it and why? I think we want our firm to be known that we we fulfill our purpose. And the purpose on the very front of our website is we mature business owners. Um, and we want people to come into our firm uh, at, at a certain level. And if they leave or after a couple of years, we want them to be more matured. And, and that can mean a lot of things. It could be how they think about themselves, how they think about their role. It certainly will mean some kind of financial tax, you know, getting some of your financial things in order, um, learning, you know, some KPIs, how to run your business better. We want them to grow as business people. And we know a lot of creative people come and run a business because they enjoyed the creative aspect of what they did. But running a business is a totally different thing. So we feel our market of agencies, development, marketing, creative, you know, design, digital agencies. They're ripe to be matured, we think, and we want to do that. So um, so we want every service, everything we sell around to add some type of maturity aspect to what we do. Mm. Um, that's that makes, what we want to be known for. It's fantastic. I, I tell you, if you take a look at the firms that are out there and how many of them have started from the creative director, Yep. Um, and it reminds me of the book, The E-Myth um, yes. by mm. Gerber. And yeah. it's so relevant because, you know, that great, amazing creative director or media buyer are fantastic within the discipline that they deploy. But guess what? They're not, <laughs> they can't run a business. I know. So that's you, a struggle. Yeah. So you really help within that area. Jason, thank you so much for thank being you. on the show. This has this been a awesome. blast. It has no, been great. Yeah, and, these questions are tough, too. Well, these are good ones. Well, it's it's supposed to be tough. And, and I want to leave our listeners with this. Jason has shared with us today about being super clear about what I'm good at, what I'm excellent at, and what I need help with. And thank you, Jason, again for being on the show. Some great advice today. Love it. Thanks, Lori. I really appreciate this. And thanks for the opportunity. My pleasure. This episode is complete, but the inspiration has just begun. Head over to avocetcommunications.com for show notes and more aha moments. Tune in regularly to ignite your integrated business and marketing strategies with Lori Jones and the Integrate and Ignite podcast.